Welcome to Moonbeaming, a podcast about creativity, magic, tarot, lunar living, and more. I'm your host, Sarah Faith Godestiner, and I am so happy you are here today. Hello, hi, welcome, how are you? Welcome to the very first episode of my new podcast, Moonbeaming. I am really thrilled and honored to be with you here today. I just wanted to briefly introduce myself and also speak a little bit about my intentions for this project. If you don't know who I am, my name is Sarah Faith Godestiner. I'm an author. I'm an artist. I've run my own business for over eight years. I kind of can't believe that. I'm a tarot reader. I've been studying the tarot since about 2003. Seriously, I started giving readings, professional readings in 2012 around that time. So I've been exploring the tarot for a really long time. I'm also a designer, I'm a teacher, I'm a psychic, I'm a witch, and of course, most importantly, I'm a dog parent. And I live in LA, I've been living in LA since around 2012, I think as well. There's a bunch of different reasons why I'm starting this podcast. One has to do with the Hierophant. Next year is a Hierophant year. And I wanted to take some time to unpack that archetype. I suppose I could have like not done a whole, started a whole podcast just for that. But I think it's sort of like Hierophant in a way uh, for all of you who really love that archetype. I guess I could have just done like a series of recordings, right, on this archetype and, and left it at that. But here you are. Here I am. Uh, here we all are. Uh, but honestly, it's been my experience that interpretations of that archetype, card number five, have been a little bit flattened or been a little bit misaligned or people don't quite understand it. I get questions about it quite a bit. And it's one of my favorite energies. It's one of my favorite cards. So I'd love to unpack it. Another reason I just wanted to share with all of you, because this will definitely be probably many episodes devoted to this topic, but my intuition told me to. I know, I know, annoying, vague, weird reason, but I just wanted to break this down a little bit for you in case any of you are having some messages from your intuition and you're kind of dragging your feet. Gentle listener, I did not want to do a podcast. The last podcast I was involved in was a nightmare for me. So much so that for months I had an aversion to even opening up the podcast app on my phone. I started getting messages about beginning a podcast this summer and I kind of honestly ignored them. And the thing about our intuition is that sometimes it comes through and you're like, I don't want to do this really, but I know I have to. Like, I don't want to clean my room, but I have to. You know what I mean? 
Uh, resistance to our intuition, I think, is something that folks don't talk about, and I think it's there. And also, resistance, honestly, is a part of life, right? Something I've learned about intuition is that sometimes, not always, of course, but sometimes you're not supposed to know how it's going to end up. You don't know what's going to happen out of an inkling that you follow, right? Times in my life when there's been a great deal of question marks and mystery, the more healing the eventual outcome is, which is one of the ways I've come to think about the actual function of intuition, which is that it is our soul's GPS system towards healing. Our intuition, if we listen to it, can really help us to heal in any number of ways. We do not have to know where we are going to end up. We do have to listen to a call that feels aligned, that feels exciting, that feels interesting, and so forth. So if there's anything that this year has been bringing up for you, if there are any messages, um, any sort of lightning bolts that have come in, maybe the rest of the year can be a place where you think about those and maybe try to go for it. So right now I'm having this podcast be super DIY. I am literally looking at duct tape (laughs) um, that I've put around my mic to keep it on the stand because it kept falling off. It's super, uh, super rough done by me. It's edited by the wonderful Caitlin Parker. And I've had some additional help from my awesome friends, Will Owens and Jen Star Packer. But you know, this isn't very pro and I'm not going to lie. I'm really nervous. You know, I, I the other thing I want to say, because I hope you can relate, especially all of you artists out there, right? It's okay. It's not going to be perfect. I am okay with that. I have come to terms in my own personal process. I generally will start out a bit messy and raw and then over time it gets refined. So Bringing it back to you, if there's something you want to try, there's something you want to do, and you're afraid of being in the messy process of it, maybe make an agreement with yourself that there will be a period of time, whether it's very short or very long, where it might not be what you'd like, and maybe drop some of the judgment around yourself around that, right? Let it be what it is. Let it be where it is. Let yourself build upon it, improve on it, move closer to the essence of the thing that you are dancing with because we need more people sharing their stories. We need more people creating. We need more people making their art and going for what they've been thinking about, right? We know that. My intentions around this podcast are I want to keep it fun for me. I want to keep it informative, interesting, and educational for you. I really, really do. I want this to be an arena where I can be honest and share, bring up a lot of in-process thoughts that I have, 
I want it to be a place where there can be critical thinking and there can be in process sort of theorizing and honest shares and just messages from the heart, basically. There are a ton of topics I'm interested in covering and that I have plans for future shows around. Um, I'm going to have shows, obviously, about tarot cards, magic, business, intuition, advice, creativity, boundaries, consciousness programming, energetic alignment, all of these things, things that I've learned. You know, and also, I don't think this will happen this season, but personally, I've been doing a lot of work and I've been doing a lot of reading. I've been taking classes and I've been thinking so much about trauma And I've been thinking about healing trauma. I've been thinking about working with trauma. I've been thinking about using trauma as an ally um, in some ways. And I do think that maybe far off in the distance, maybe second season or season 92 or something, I want to talk more about trauma because I just think that if I had known younger, like if I had known earlier that I had CPTSD and PTSD and what that looked like and what that showed up like and and the fact that you could manage it and you could heal it um, or you could be in a healing process with it, I think I would definitely feel more seen and less alone. So maybe I'll have like practitioners on, it's just like a future note to myself, um, who work with healing trauma in the future, because I think this is like a really important topic and theme that more folks need to be speaking about. Um, Okay. That was definitely a ramble. Sorry. Uh, But that's what's going to happen, I suppose. Once in a while, I'm also going to interview folks I really, really admire. And I know that you will too. I already have some guests scheduled and I'm looking forward to having conversations with some brilliant people. Every week, I will pull a tarot card for us. I will talk about it really briefly so you could sort of think about that card or think about that energy. This first episode is dropping right before a very potent month. That is the month of October 2020. So I'm going to do a sort of monthly overview, both energetic and from a lunar perspective of the month I've decided for the first episode. I don't know that I will do that every month, um, but I felt like this was going to be useful uh, because of the specialness of a blue moon month and a good beginning for this project. First, I'm going to talk about the tarot card that got pulled for this week for folks to think about and meditate on. As always, this is my perspective. I'm just one person with a very specific background. And if anything I say during this episode or ever does not resonate with you, that's okay. Take what works for you and leave the rest. All right, my dears, 
the card that got pulled for the week of September 28th is the Ace of Pentacles, which is really interesting. We're in a waxing moon phase. We're just before a full moon. And aces are opportunities always, right? We know that aces are portals. Aces are inspirations. Aces can be whispers. They can be a different way, a different way to think or a different way to move forward or a different way to try. And the Ace of Pentacles really marks a portal of transition around leaving the garden or creating, beginning a new garden. And I always compare ace energy to seed energy. And what I want to remind you is within a seed is the totality of the seed. Within the ace is the totality of the ace which is why the ace is a portal. So when we're thinking about the ace of pentacles, we're thinking about our magic for sure. We're thinking about the tangible world and material realms. We're thinking of that which we can touch. And we're thinking about also the shape of our life. We're thinking about the shape our life is taking and the kinds of shapes we would like our life to embody, to resonate with, to feel tangible around. So a little bit of advice for working with this card, working with this card's energy is sink into the physical sensations of the totality of what you'd like to be experiencing six months from now, nine months from now, 18 months from now. Sink into that sensation and let that energy move in the directions it needs to take. Sit down and really think about where that energy would like to go, specifically in tangible ways, right? Pentacles are this realm of earth. Earth is the days, the hours. Earth is that which we can touch. Earth is lineage, legacy, worth. Earth is larger timelines, larger themes, right? Pentacles aren't just about money. Pentacles aren't just about work or career. Really, they're about the energy behind all of those things, right? Really, they're around the alignment 
between motivation, worth, self-esteem, and the material, and the trajectories of time, the ways our lives weave both with our past and our ancestry, but also with some mountaintop, also with some future legacy. I know that's quite a bit. I know that sounds very epic. Um, But if nothing else, with the ace of pentacles showing up for us this week, especially when we have all this lunar energy building, we're in a waxing moon phase, you know, catch yourself in transition moments. Think about your body, dialogue with your body. Think about your surroundings. Think about how you're dialoguing with nature or time or your surroundings and catch yourself. And it's in those in-between moments with the ace. The ace is about the in-between. And it's interesting that this card is coming up because I speak about October as being this bridge month and I'm going to talk about it in a little bit. And it shares this sort of liminality. Aces are what if. Aces are in that little moment if you sink a bit down more into presence. In that little moment, if you let that seed grow a little bit, if you let that seed take the shape that it wants to take, what would that feel like? What would that look like? What would that offer you? Now I'm going to go over an energetic overview for the month of October. I'm going to present some information that came through that can possibly offer you some support, practically, emotionally, energetically. This is just info that I ask about, I meditate on, and I channel. Um, Some of it will resonate. There's probably a bunch that won't. Um, So no worries. This is the other weird thing about having information come in. Some of this stuff might not make sense until the month is over, which is always like wah wah. That's what's always like really annoying is I'll say even pull a tarot spread for myself. And I'm like, I don't understand what this is about. I don't get it, you know. And then like two weeks go by and I'm like, oh yeah, fork. That's what this card was about, right? So just let this sink in and um, see if any of it resonates or see if there's any pointers that you'd like to try for the upcoming month of October. So the first thing that I just want to talk about that wasn't channeled, but it's just something I've spoken about for, gosh, probably five or six years, is this idea that October is a bridge month. Uh, What is that you say? What is she talking about? Uh, Well, a bridge month is this time period of a cross fade of energy between the seasons, right? The other bridge month, if this kind of um, will make sense to you, is March, right? We move from the cold, quiet of February to the growth and the warmth 
of April in the Northern Hemisphere. You know, also now that I'm speaking, I'm realizing that we've just had our equinox and then I believe in March we'll generally have our other equinox. So it's this kind of like in-between zone, right? Uh, Light-wise, seasonally. And bridge months are months that are opportunities where we can consciously turn corners, we can transform, we can integrate, and potentially have some breakthroughs or go deeper around a particular theme we're working on. We can think about this time of year and we can think about the part of our psyche this time of year relates to for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere. We've got our past, our subconscious. It's this time of lessons. It's this, and also like not to get like annoying and weird and practical for all of you, but for all of you who are writers or artists or designers, there's this phenomenon, there's got to be a word for it, but there's this phenomenon where like the minute you send your PDF to your editor or the minute you upload your drawing or your JPEG or you finish your song, there's this moment where you're like, oh, I can now see all the errors I don't know why I did it this way. It would look so much better if I had more blue over here. Or, But when you're in it, you can't see it. I don't know what it is, but it's in that moment. Maybe it's because in that moment of deciding something is done or cooked or good enough or ready to go, there's that surrender. There's that distance right? And this is this time of year for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere that corresponds to that, right? Like we've had a really good portion of the year. We've had nine months of the year, especially this year. We are absolutely still in chaos. We are absolutely still in unknown, right? On so many different levels, right? In so many different ways. And of course, that is going to look so different for each person, right? And also, we've had a long enough stint in the unknown. We've had a long enough stint in the chaos that we have received lessons, we have received information, And we have received specific cornerstones that we can use to put really the lessons we've been learning into practice. So this is this time of year where we can fill in more information around important things in our lives and we can get past snags. Another way to think of this is I'll use an example from when I teach. When I'm teaching the tarot and students don't get a card, right? They're like, I don't get it though. Or in some of the minors, especially, there are certain cards where you're like, well, isn't it just the same card? Like, isn't the nine of swords the same as the 10 of swords, basically? 
in the ones. Aren't we talking about the two and the three? Aren't we like talking about the same thing, right? It's sort of hard to discern uh, and to sort of figure out the edges of maybe where one card ends and the other one begins. So I'll ask my students to think about the sequence the card is in. Thinking about the card that comes before or the card that comes after. So like what would you need to get from say the two of wands to the three of wands? What actions would you have to take? What struggles would you have to have? Or what realizations would you need to come to? What questions would you have to ask yourself? We are in that in-between zone now. So there's a real richness of information we can utilize. There are these invitations to open up. There are these experiments that we can try. There are these different questions we can ask and these different levels of consciousness to dialogue with, right? So just think about that. Like, okay, we've made it this far. I'm here. I've learned this so far. What do I want to pivot into Or what do I need to go deeper into in order to have some kind of clarity, right? You can be asking yourself this at this time. Of course, always with this time of year, because we are in the waning moon time of year, there's this theme of descent as well, of going underneath the underneath, right? In witchcraft, we're always talking about energy, right? Because energy in a lot of ways is everything. So what is the energy underneath your actions, your motivations? What would it feel like if your baseline energy was dot, dot, dot? Like if it was love, if it was surrender, if it was softness, how could you try doing that for a year going underneath? How would that change your actions or your everyday moments, right? This is this time of really looking at the connective tissue between various aspects of yourself, your life, of the impulse and the action, the thought and the emotion, or between ingrained physiological responses, right? Because so much of this month is toggling back and forth between action and motivation or impulse and and action, integrating them in ways where the dialogue between the two is generative, where we're connecting them a little bit more, right? So for example, let's just say, say you want a phone bank. You want a phone bank. We're all going to phone bank. Most of us are going to phone bank. That's your action but you're nervous. You're nervous about talking on the phone or you're feeling resistant or resentful or you're not stoked about any of the candidates that you're phone banking for. It's okay. I'm raising my hand. I'm right here with you. It's all right. Uh, Well, you can work with your values and your guiding principles and practice infusing them with that energy. So like, what does justice feel like? What does equity feel like? And go from there, narrowing in and then zooming out, right? Another great use of this month is trying to parse out the metaphor of where you are now on your journey. 
if you think of your life as a movie, as a chapter in a book, what is this chapter about for you? What are those key words? What's going on? What's the dragon right now? What's the villain, right? Are you making your way back home? Are you staying in the unknown? What's going on? You can use these metaphors and these storytellings as an anchor to help you find more clarity or to reflect back to yourself that it is okay to be where you are. It is okay to be where you are. Whether you're grief-stricken, confused, grateful, nervous, filled with rage, overwhelmed, or all of those things and more in one hour, that is okay. Tell yourself it's okay. Accept where you are. That will help to integrate as well. Another opportunity that came through really strong for this month and that I think is just going to keep popping up, popping up may, probably forever because it's just like a life theme, but definitely through this unknown period, definitely through the next couple of years, is to do what we can with what we have. The other opportunity we have is to do what we can with what we have. If we act from an aligned place, which is to say from places that are aligned with our values, that make sense in the present moment, with our vision and perspective towards where we would like to go, we can move quickly and get more done than we think. And when I say that, I am not talking necessarily about typical productivity. I want I'm saying get it done because you know that more and more those stereotypical interpretations of productivity from this capitalist lens is fading or it's integrating with different definitions if you want to put it that way. What I'm talking about is about reaching clarity and breakthroughs around beliefs or questions that you might have been having for months, maybe for this entire year or longer. It's this turning the corner energy because we are deciding to do what we can with what we have. Maybe you're deciding to work towards healing some trauma. I'm going to bring that up again. Maybe that's what you're deciding. And what you start with is what you have. Maybe you have an hour a day. Maybe you have 20 minutes a day to read things on the internet, to regulate your nervous system. Maybe all you have in terms of your belief around healing it is that you can begin to soften towards it and not resist it, not be in resistance with it so much. Maybe you start to have a belief that you can manage it or that you can manage your anxiety 
or that you are able to make art for 20 minutes or that, you know, you can give yourself a moment of compassion or whatever, whatever, wherever it is, whatever it is you're doing. And goddess bless you if you're also trying to get a ton done. Like goddess bless you. Because uh, that's what some people still are trying to do, and that's what's in alignment for them. So I want to say that you know another example is like I had I had a few hours today to download stuff around what I wanted to say today and present it to you, and that's what I did. Would I have liked to spend a bit more time? Sure, wouldn't wouldn't anyone? But I'm I'm making do with what I've got. Um, and, and that's going to be a theme this month and, and really moving forward. This can be a super golden month for parsing out what is anxiety, what is fear, what are limiting beliefs, why are they there, and how can we change them? Okay, so just slowing it down, dealing with it as it comes up, using discernment, using what you have, moving through it in a different way. This brings me to the last part of information that I received about October. And that is this idea of really ripe, holographic timeline healing being available to us if we choose. And so like all of you listening are asking themselves, Sarah, are you smoking that mugwort again? Are you smoking it? (laughs) No, no, I'm not smoking the mugwort. Uh, I'm just taking it as a tonic. (laughs) Actually, I'm not. My tonic this week is lemon balm, elderflower, nettle, and oat straw. That's like my go-to. That's what I'm doing. No mugwort here. Maybe that's that's next week, but I want to explain a little bit. Uh, Holographic timeline healing, this idea of time being holographic, is this idea that so many of you listening are already familiar with uh, because myself and other practitioners will talk about this all the time. Uh, This sort of aligns with parts therapy, with going beyond the binary, with EMDR, hypnosis. I believe it also aligns with some Buddhist teaching. It definitely will pop up in witchcraft frequently. And this is this idea that time is not linear because quite simply, the experience of time is not linear. Healing is not linear, right? There's simultaneous timelines happening in us and around us, right? Um, There is not one single one and there is not a dominant one. So part of working with this idea of fractal time or holographic time or doing spell work with timelines, I know I haven't gone too deep into this, but like another theory I know that talks about this is neuro-linguistic programming, like past life regression, all of these different things is like working with these different timelines, these different parts of ourself, right? We can choose to dialogue with or heal aspects of the the past and the future with our attention and our awareness, right? So like, for example, 
let's just say I needed to really work towards healing an aspect of myself that resonates with my eight-year-old self. I would think about what that eight-year-old self needs. Then maybe every day at the end of my morning meditation, I'd offer up that support to my eight-year-old self. Over time, this focus and this awareness will add up, right? So if you feel called, because this is intense work, right? It's not for the faint of heart. Um, You might want to do this with your therapist. I'm in no way saying this is a substitute for therapy, and I'm in no way encouraging you if you feel resistant or like activated around this idea, I'm in no way encouraging you to try it, right? Have consent with yourself, be soft, be gentle, right? But if you feel called to, you might want to think about where there was some hardship, could literally be the you from March or the you from a year ago. And maybe the message is that you can like try to do this whenever, when you're doing the dishes, when you have conversations, maybe just when you're alone and when you're journaling. Offer up that part of you love, acknowledgement, and resourcing. Lend that part of yourself your ear. Let that part of you tell you what it needs. Then give that to yourself. Maybe it's affirmations. Maybe it's energy. Like, go there. Like, you can look in the mirror and say, this wasn't your fault. Like, I believe you. I love you. When you do this for sure, 100%, emotions are just going to come up. It could feel really, really intense, right? So notice that and be kind to yourself by being non-judgmental. Remember to take some deep breaths. And this process can also give you some important information that you can use. Like maybe it shows you that there's work to do on trusting yourself or resting more or asking for help. If this calls to you, again, go gentle, go slow. Again, if you have um, a therapist, if you have an accountability partner, um, or you know someone who you're intimate with that you want to witness you doing this in the beginning, start there, right? Um, but think about trying that. And for those of you listening who are straight up visionaries, what about the elder you? Who, what, or who, or when, or how? What does the elder you need? How can you offer? that elder you support? What information does that dialogue tell you about actions you can take in the present moment? This is about sort of integrating. This goes back to this in-between zone. This is about like integrating parts from the past, parts from the future and the present, right? Um, You know, because one definition of healing is being able to give yourself the time and the space to sit with uncomfortable sensations and to see what they are telling you about what is ready to heal. One definition of healing is not allowing reactions to control us, not acting out of these intense defense mechanisms that worked for us and helped us before. 
It's having this emotion. It's being able to figure out what part of it is a trained response, what part of this truly is righteous and a real strong indicator and something that needs to be felt and honored, what part of this needs to be held, what part of this is true, what part of this is our intuition, what part of this might be a distraction, and figuring out how to manage all of it in the moment and keep going in alignment figuring out how to process these reactions effectively so that we can keep going or receive more information. So if this resonates with you, explore it, experiment with it, be loving to yourself through it. You know, we have absolutely been living in apocalyptic times. I would argue we have been for a very, very long time much longer than my lifetime or your lifetime, we need to be gentle and remember that we are sacred. So if we are acting out of this urgency, which I also absolutely believe we must, we also need to remember that we are sacred, that others are sacred, that what we are fighting for or working towards is also sacred, you know? Witches under the moonlight, witches under the moonlight, which fell did you choose, which fell did come true. There are two full moons in this month, otherwise known as a blue moon. So I'm going to give a little bit of loose history for all of you history buffs around blue moons. (laughs) This is like one of my least favorite subjects about, I get asked asked a lot of questions and I've done a lot of research about the moon. I have a book coming out in November, literally called The Moon Book. This is one of my least favorite and I'll get into probably why in a minute. And I'm really going to paraphrase this. I wrote about this in my book. I've spoken about this in my workbooks. I've spoken about this on the internet. I'm not going to spend too much time here. Okay, so blue moons. So originally, so there's two definitions now of a blue moon. And there are people that are like, this is the real blue moon. And that is the real blue moon. And I just want to tell you, in my humble belief, both are true and neither are true. And I'm going to tell you why. So the first definition of a blue moon is a blue moon that is the third of four full moons in one season. And that has its background in agriculture of like seasons and harvesting and of there being one full moon like per month that people would utilize for harvesting and working late into the night and so on and so forth. I cover all of it in my book. I'm not going to talk about it right now. It was the third one, which I'm assuming was like the odd moon out, right? Like it was like, wow, this is one of these moons isn't like the other, like it's the pop-up moon. So they just assigned it um, to be a blue moon. Um, it also, like I believe, I'm going to say the wrong year, so bear with me, like 1400s, 1500s, 1600s, long time ago, this idea of the blue moon was sort of this statement that was like, when pigs fly, like it's a blue moon because it didn't happen that much, right? Blue moons don't happen that much. 
Now we go into the second definition. I believe it was like sometime between 1979 and 1981, a man whose name I have forgotten that is in my book, I'm sorry if you're listening and I'm offending you, a human man who said this thing, mistakenly used the definition of a blue moon as being the second full moon in a month, like two full moons in a month. And because I think he went on like an astronomy show or an astrology show. Again, I wrote this down. I'm drawing a blank right now. I do not feel like opening my book up and reading it because for all of you writers, I have literally read my book 97 trillion times and it's like the last thing on earth I want to open up and read. Um, I'm digressing right here. But again, you can look up in my book. You can do, you can knock on um, yield Google, you know, do a little Googling there or ask Jeeves or whatever else you use, uh, carrier, pigeon, whatever you use for your search engines these days, which is, um, so he mistakenly said this and it was broadcast like nationally. And so people started using that term. Here's the thing. The Gregorian calendar is made up, right? So we have these natural cycles, these lunar cycles colliding with this system that we all use because it also works for us and works in a particular way. So we have different systems. We have lunar time, so-called natural time, cosmic time, and we have like civilized, I'm putting this in quotes, time or like metric, like organizing time, which are true, right? Like which one is true? Which definition is true? Can neither and can both, right? Or can you just pick one? I've seen people get into like arguments about this. I've been attacked on the internet for suggesting that like we can work with it. We can use different definitions. So you can just pick like which is pick your fighter, you know, which is pick your definition. We have other things to argue about. So a blue moon is like this idea is made up, the Gregorian calendar is made up, but I think that it's this really cool instance of the tools of civilization and the tools of magic interweaving because months with two full moons in them are interesting energetically and can be quite powerful if we work with them consciously. Two opportunities, in my humble opinion, to make full moon magic are really special. And a full blue moon on Halloween is really rare. It only happens every 18 or 19 years. So there's this bookmark of potency on the first day and the last day energetically. We can think about the month as like a bowl with the lunar reflection fading slowly after that first day. Then as the moon becomes new on the 16th, a couple of days after Mercury stations retrograde, I think Mercury goes is retrograde on the 13th. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I think that's true. Uh, so as the moon becomes new on the 16th, this energy builds again. It accumulates into waxing and there's this loaded ripe energy at the very end of the month. Depending on your own energetic patterns, you might feel more energized during the second half or the first half, or you might feel charged all the way up to that second full moon, which personally has been my experience during a blue, blue moon month. 
So if you're not sure what your energetic patterns tend to be, this is an excellent month to start tracking them. Just get a journal, maybe it's the notes app in your phone, I'm not picky, and write down the phase the moon is in and your energy. Other folks like to add the sign the moon is in uh, for all you astro buffs, but I always tell folks just starting this out, just do the lunar phase and how where your energy levels are. You can be really scientific and say use like a one to 10 scale with your energy levels. Like today I'm at like a three or today I was at like an eight or whatever and mark it that way. Or you can be like me and be a little bit more descriptive and use very poetic terms like icky, stoked, chill, ticked off, (laughs) et cetera, right? You're the only one who's reading this, right? So over time, like two or four lunar cycles, you'll begin to notice a pattern with your energy, if only around certain times of the month, like maybe the, during the first quarter moon, you'll feel like exhausted, or maybe it's three or four days after the full moon, you feel amazing. Of course, there are like any number of other factors like sleep, like your situation, depression, chronic illness, hormones, if you get your period and that particular cycle, you know, and how that kind of ends up working with the lunar cycle and so much more, right? But I will say in my classes, when I make my students do this and they, they will figure out pretty quickly when they tend to feel more exhausted or when they feel more energized, our energetic patterns don't always follow the moon. You could feel awesome during a waning moon and fried during a new moon. And I want to be really clear. I'm not talking about like in a binary. I'm not saying one lunar phase is better than another or one state of being is better than another. I want to be really clear because I'm noticing I'm saying like awesome and good. Um, You know, we can use different terms, of course, but, you know, theoretically, and I'll get into this in other episodes, the waning moon is sort of a quieter time. Your energy levels might be a little bit more low. Um, Traditionally, the suggestion is to coast, but personally, like I feel great during a waning moon. I'm like, I can, I can, I just feel really balanced and really um, energized. So it's so, so different for everyone else. It's totally about figuring out the pattern that is you and that works for you. So we have a full moon in Aries that kicks off the month. Then the month ends with a full moon in Taurus on the 31st, also known as Halloween, Samhain. It begins um, Day of the Dead or Dia de los Muertos. So many witches will tell you to make magic that accompanies the season, right? October is the waning moon phase of the year. Basically, anything past the summer solstice is the waning moon time of year, and anything after the winter solstice is the waxing time of year. I'll probably, again, get into this at another time. My book goes into all of it. Themes of this season are turning inward, preparation for winter, shadow work, clearing, intuition, intuition development, behind-the-scenes work, organization, dream work, spirit communication, ancestor, reverence and communication, and more. The way that I personally work is that November is more of my personal ancestor work month, as for me, Halloween kind of begins that in my practice, but many practitioners will focus on ancestor work, ancestor healing, dialogue around October 
Although again, any time is a good time to make magic that you feel interested in exploring. Other witches will tell you to make magic that accompanies the sign that the sun or the moon is in. And generally this is in tropical uh, astrology, right? In this case, we're in Libra season, which revolves around harmony, balance, clarity, beauty, clarifying values, mental agility, communication, relationships, and more. Then we move into Scorpio season. Some of the themes around this archetype are the subconscious, regeneration, reinvention, going deep, desire, and of course, a whole lot more. Our first full moon is in Aries, a fire moon sign. The second is in Taurus, an earth sign moon. Um, So you can tune in and work that way. Another way that I will work is backwards, meaning what would I like to have happen when the sun is in the sign that the moon is in now? So when the sun is in Aries in the spring, when the sun is in Taurus in the spring, maybe you want to cast spells around growth, abundance, community, health, identity, vitality. It's interesting. There was this ace of pentacles that I pulled for the week's energy. So it's like, what is that totality of the seed, right? And then start, and now start here with your subconscious, with your beliefs, with priming and paving ways in your life now for what the desires and energies you'd like to claim to move through as a channel, you know, in, in springtime. I personally always suggest to pick just one theme and work your way uh, around one lunation. That's basically the crux of all my teaching. Um, but do whatever you want. I'm also like, you know, free bird it, like off, off ramp it. This is your life. This is your magic. I'll always tell you to cast the spell around what you need, what you want to focus on, and what you would like to spend time doing work around, not what anyone else says, right? Spell work is always so deeply personal. And while it does require effort, I'm not sure that spell work should feel like a should. Maybe, maybe there's times, again, this is all semantics parsing stuff out. Um, So, you know, tune in and think about with three months left in the year, what do you really want to focus on? What energies do you want to flirt with, dialogue with, be a part of, embody, and so on? And of course, I don't have to tell anyone listening to this, but doing spell work and activist work around the election, around local politics, is some of the most important work we can be doing. So cast your spell, uh uh-huh, yes, totally. And also, phone bank, make sure you're registered to vote. If you can vote, make sure that at least like 10 of the folks you link up with are registered as well. Join local national efforts to flip the Senate, to get 45 out of office. Do I believe that voting is the only thing we should be doing? Nope. I believe that transformation has to happen personally in, in, in the systems of our pretty rotten country. Do I believe that this is a fight for our democracy, as AOC said? Yeah. Yeah, I really do. And do I also have pause and trouble with the very word democracy? Yep. Yes, sure do. 
But I want to do as much as I can around this election and moving forward uh, to do what I can. And I hope if you're listening, you also will do a little more or a lot more than you have been. And to everyone who's been doing stuff, to all the activists, the organizers, other political workers, the abolitionists, the protesters, the movement leaders, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, Moonbeams, I am signing off until next week. I'm going to be talking about our card of the year, the emperor. If you have found value in this episode, please subscribe and give it a five-star review. It's much appreciated. I love you. You can also tell a friend, word of mouth. It's my favorite way to travel. If it's good word of mouth, uh, please, thank you. Until next week, bye. Moonbeaming is brought to you by Modern Women. It is hosted by me, Sarah Faith Godestiner, and edited by Caitlin Parker. Music is by Will Owens and myself. Thanks for listening. Witches in the voting booth. Witches studying for the bar. Witches hexing, you know who.